It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Thursday morning, and we've got our weekly Matt Campbell press conference here for you guys this morning. Uh, I did something a little bit different. I waited until Wednesday, until after the Iowa State offense and defensive coordinators, uh, John Haycock and Tom Manning, talked with the media as well. It's not super long. Uh, someone forgot to hit the record button on the Zoom, but uh, I threw that on at the end, figured that people might enjoy hearing from those two guys as well. Ahead of Saturday's game against Ohio at Jack Trice Stadium, let's hear from Matt Campbell. 100 did, obviously what was done to end it. What about the play of the offensive line on that drive being indicative of what they've done even with Jake out the first couple games? Yeah, you know, I, I think there is a lot of growth that we have seen in terms of where we would like to be with consistency, um, the ability to play well through the first eight quarters of the football season on the offensive line. And, you know, I, again, I, I think those are all positives because you do lose a guy like Jake, and Jake was, um, was playing really well in fall camp. And I think there's a lot of credit there to Grant Triber, and then I would equally say the credit to Trevor Downing you know, what we've asked Trevor to do to move inside to play center. I know he did it in the bowl game a year ago, but I really think that's anchored us in a lot of ways. You know, that guy is is the quarterback of the offensive line. Um, from a strategic standpoint, he's doing a lot of things for us as well as from a snap the ball and have to handle, even on Saturday, you had to handle the crowd noise, you had to handle all those things. I thought he did a, he did a phenomenal job. So I think he's been a great leader. Coach Myers and, and that group, they've done a phenomenal job. And you know, we're going to continue to see their growth is going to be critical for us to be the team we would like to be as the season continues on. And, you know, I think so far so good and, and certainly really proud of what that group has done. So Colby had a really big game on Saturday in terms of, you know, two quarterback hurries, one interception. What have you seen from him since he's transferred that's, that's made him so successful already? Well, he, he has an elite process to himself. You know, I, I think then in that there's a reason, you know, you got a brother that's playing the National Football League. His dad played in the National Football League. Um, you know, I think there were great traits early in his life. He's a veteran football player, so he's already played a lot of football and meaningful snaps. 
snaps uh, was came, comes to us as a great player from Delaware. So I think his own process, and I talk a lot about Xavier, you know, how he practices, how he goes about his day-to-day -day operation. Colby's really the same way, and I think we saw that his winter workouts. He was, man, he was a star in winter workouts, and then you saw spring practice and how he handled spring practice and fall camp. So to me, you know, what you're seeing now is, is really what his own process has led him to be able to be, but what he did Saturday was fantastic. I, as, as good of a performance that, that we've seen in terms of what what we asked him to do was not just play Sam linebacker. He was playing Mike. He was playing Will. He was playing Sam. You know, at times he played defensive end. There were a lot of things we asked him to do throughout the football game, and, and that's a credit to him to be ready, but played a phenomenal football game for us. Um, is Sometimes I think that we I don't want to say neglect the offensive line. When when the when stuff's not going good, we're we're very quick to to blame the offensive line. When the offense isn't moving well, if we're not going to blame the offensive line, we're going to blame blame Tom Manning. <laughs> Why is that? Why do you think that is? Yeah, I I just think you know being in the roles of all those people, being the O line yeah. coach, being the offensive coordinator, obviously being the head coach. You know, they, I think people are uh, they're attracted number one to offense. You know, I think that's just the nature of the beast. Um, obviously, offense scores points or doesn't score points one way or another. And so I think the emphasis at times from a fan base or from somebody trying to critique the game that maybe doesn't have all the knowledge to critique it, you know, instantly you're going towards what's happening with the football. And, you know, I, I think from that standpoint, there is reality that the better your offensive line plays, usually the better you play and, and, and all those things. But, you know, I just think that's the, the nature of the beast. And I think that's why it's really hard to play offensive line. You know, you don't get a lot of notoriety. Um, you know, I've always said this in the recruiting process, offensive alignment is, you know, it's a one position. It's really hard to play because it's like long snapper. It's like playing kicker. It's like playing punter. Um, man, you don't notice them until something good or bad happens. And, and usually when something good happens, it just kind of flies by the wayside. Side and, and you just you, you expect those good things to happen. So I, I think, again, that's why there's got to be a real strong mental toughness to play those positions and to be the offensive coordinator, the head coach, and all those other things. Who was better during that 99-yard drive, the offensive line or Tom? Yeah, or well, you, because I know you've got a little bit of input on plays. No, I, I think a collective effort. You know, I, I think the one thing you would just say in general offensively, you know, I, I thought really a masterful Saturday by that group. You know, I thought the game plan was outstanding. You know, if we don't have some of the inefficiencies of turning the ball over down in the red zone, you know, you're really driving the ball with great efficiency the entire game. And, you know, I thought the collection to in the moment in that 99 yard drive, you know, obviously comes starts with a great plan. And I thought the plan was was outstanding. Number two, it starts with great execution. And, and so a lot of credit goes to our kids, the offensive line, Hunter, you know, X makes some big plays, Jairo makes big plays. And, you know, I think our, our staff has traditionally done a phenomenal job of putting our kids in great position to be successful. So who ended up, who, what's, what was the play calling during during that drive? Is Tom calling those plays and they're, they're going through you and you can change? And if so, at what point did you say, I'm just getting out of this and letting them go? Yeah, you know, I, I think, we, you know, Tom, Tom has really done a phenomenal job. And, you know, I, I think for the most part, 
man, he is putting us in the best position, you know, play in and play out for us to be successful. And so, you know, a lot of my work and continued work always happens, you know, throughout the week, you know, in, in really all phases of it and try to help us kind of navigate how do you win the football game. And there's times in the game where I feel like, you know, there's some things that maybe I see or can interject that can be advantageous to the team. And, you know, that's I still like that part of being a head football coach. And, and you know, there is a chess mask within the game. And, you know, how can I help guide that the best way for the team to be successful? How would you uh, describe Jared Russ's progression through your program? Yeah, you know, I... I, I I use the word transformational. You know, I, I think he has totally transformed his body, his mindset, who he was to who he's become. Um, you know, probably one of the great leaders right now in our program. And, you know, you're talking about a guy that, that came in, he walked on, walked on to play linebacker. Then all of a sudden, you know, I think we saw this big physical body that, you know, we had just lost Sam Seen Buckner and we were kind of looking for, man, is there a guy that fits that mold? And Jared was the guy we kind of went to. And, you know, it, it's like opportunity. And, you know, man, that guy took advantage of his opportunity when it came his way and, and just has been incredible. You know, Jared had surgery this offseason, you know, got hurt in spring practice. Um, I'll be really honest with you. I don't know if, if we knew he would be available for the start of the season. Um, you know, and, and it was hard because of his senior year, you know, what it meant to him. And, man, for that guy, I think he played 45 plays on Saturday as physical and violent as maybe anybody on the football field. And, you know, for that guy to do that, I, it just – he's one of those guys that's transformed himself – but along the way, I think as a leader is transforming our football team, you know, as I mean, geez, he's the mainstay in that room right now. And I, I still think that group is evolving, you know, with Hanukkah and Dean and, you know, he's kind of been the steady hand and he's been a great leader. And so really proud of him, but he's, it's been transformational for sure. What did you see on tape with the the punt blocks and given how much we've talked about special teams the last two or three years? Yeah, well, I, you, you, you're disappointed a little bit because you, you'd say, man, we've been off to such a great start. Um, and, you know, I, I still, I don't feel deflated at all by it. Uh, you know, it was a matchup challenge that, you know, I, I think we... We tried, we knew going into the game, tried to do some things, you know, we're probably limited a little bit with crowd noise of how much we we could do. And you got this freshman punter back there, boy, you want to kind of try to limit the moving and shaking and you, you wanted to give him a, a steady hand. And, you know, he's phenomenal. I mean, what he's done has been, you know, incredible. So I think I leave being really, we got a great long snapper. We got a great, we certainly got a great punter. You know, I do really like what we're doing schematically. We just got to be fundamentally a little bit better. We, obviously, we've changed from, you know, where we were the last couple of years for, for purposeful reasons that I think already we've benefited positively. Obviously, you can't have the two situations that happen and have to have the ability both within the game to adjust. And I, I think we will continue to grow from it. So um, you hate that it happened. You're glad it didn't cost us the game. And you got to be humble enough to learn from it and grow from it um, and continue to put some of our best players in great position to affect the game in a positive way. Coach, you've had two games to evaluate uh, Anthony Johnson and his position change. What uh, what led you guys to use him in the way you did on Saturday, and what has that change kind of allowed you guys to do? Well, man, I mean, you know, I, I think very similar to the question on Jared Russ. You know, I mean, Anthony Johnson's game, what he's done in two football games, if you can just go back and watch him, physicality, 
elite tackles, the ability to, to play man-to-man coverage, the ability to to do what we – I don't know if there's anybody playing as good as he is right now in terms of the collective hole on the defensive side of the football. And so, um, you know, we – I think the thought process was we felt really good about TJ Tampa. We felt really good about Miles Purchase. We felt really good about Darian Porter. And, you know, obviously uh, we had some, you know, we had some, you know, growth opportunities at safety we felt like we felt like even watching the video from a year ago it was like man we we want to be better and we need to be better at safety and you know I, I thought that the opportunity to put Ant back there was a huge opportunity for us to solve an area that we felt was maybe a little bit of a weakness a year ago and you know I, I think what's happened and what's transformed from it is it's allowed us to be totally different on defense you know uh, be a lot more multiple and things we've wanted to do um, it's given us a guy that can cover but man to be able to cover and tackle the way he tackles it's really hard to find those guys and so I think it's been a win-win for him to show what he has the ability to do at a really high level but equally for us it's allowed us to be a lot more multiple than we've been in the past Hey Matt, what excuse me, what does the upcoming status kind of look like for Bo? It looked like he got a little banged up late, maybe didn't play as much later in the game. Yeah, you know, I, I think Bo was Bo was back with us on Sunday. You know, I, I still think for for Bo, man, just more got shaken up than it was any physical injury, and so I think we'll see where he's at. Obviously today, um, you know, I think again there are there are a couple moments in that game that you're really proud as a head coach of of some of the guys stepping up in the moment, and Mason Chambers stepped in and played phenomenal football, really had a great football game. You know, when Bo got dinged up, Mason got in the game, played outstanding. You know, there was the, the I, I think I talked a little bit last night about Kendall Jackson's, man, he's in there for three plays and those three, the one play really changes the entire game. You know, you talk about Aiden Bitter, you know, what he did and, and his ability to get in the game when Darren Wilson goes down and, and next thing you know, Dimitri Stanley's in and now, man, Aiden's, Aiden's number gets called and stepped up and played big and you know even Zach Ross you know at the start that drive the 99 yard drive it's third and two we put Zach Ross in at guard and it's his block that we that springs the play so you know we talk a lot about being ready for your moment and you know I, I think the one thing you're seeing from our football team is there is more depth that we've had and guys ready to play than maybe we've ever had and, and obviously we'll continue to need it because you'll have guys get dinged up in games and those things and, and we're going to need depth and we feel very confident about that part of our football team at least currently on the offensive side how how's x doing uh jalen noel looked like he got uh got popped yeah. pretty good too yeah yeah i think both of those guys are are in a really good spot you know uh, jalen was you know back at practice on sunday as well um you know i think feel very confident about where he's at xavier you know i think more exhausted than anything else and and uh you know obviously a lot on his plate so um but ready to rock and roll for sure was this game as far as just the the tough physical play on both sides was that kind of reminiscent a little bit of oklahoma state last year and as maybe the situations are a little different this year you don't go right back to another conference game right afterwards but i mean it seemed that way to me yeah i think you're you're talking it was an extremely physical game you know and and 
you know, I, I think with the brand of football we want to play and obviously what our opponent plays is, you know, when those things happen, you're going to come out of a game physically, you know, worn. And yet that's college football, you know, and, and I think that's the thing for us. I feel like we play that way week in and week out. And, you know, I, I think that's where that depth piece is critical, you know, playing a lot of people, having guys when guys are dinged up to be ready to play for us. But, uh, yeah, probably similar in some ways, except I thought we played a really good game against Oklahoma State last year and I, I don't know if I feel like we felt played it to that level um, you know on Saturday physically and mentally yes execution detail not so much Hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's impressed you the most about Jirel's first two games as a starter? Yeah, I, you know, I... I, I I, I would say the relentlessness that he has run the football with. You know, I, I knew he was a relentless player. Now, you know, I, I, I kind of joked in the Sunday team meeting, you know, he, he's a wing T running back, you know, like this single wing offense that he's coming from. And now we're like putting him in space. He thinks he's got these moves. So like hopefully if you're interviewing him, tell him to run north, quit going east and west. Um, but um, no, I, I, I just... Jairo is one of those guys that I feel like epitomizes our program. And man, he is a guy that has just pounded away at his craft and strained to be ready to help this team. He, the team means the world to him. He doesn't ever want to disappoint anybody. And he's going to do everything in his power to do what's best for the team to be successful. And so, you know, I, I really think from his end of it, just the relentlessness that he has been able to affect the game. Um, it's been a joy to watch, you know, just not only the ball carrying, but the blocking, the catching the ball out of the backfield, the detail. And, you know, obviously nobody was more disappointed in the stadium than obviously what happened on the one yard line. But for him to come back from that and play the way he did, I, I do think those are good lessons that we can carry forward from from all regards. And real quick, 
we touched on it, but how is Remsburg looking for this week and Cartivius and anyone else maybe? Yeah, yeah, I, I think again, you know, I, I probably could answer that question better after today's practice other than I, I would tell you both of those guys were out of practice. Both of those guys are, I think are, are trending right there to being ready to go. And, and boy, I, I don't think there would be any greater joy to have those guys ready to play on the field. So I think they're, they're really close. I think Jake was really close by Thursday, Friday last week. We just didn't feel comfortable with where he was on, on Saturday. Um, you know, Cartavius, I think, was a lot closer yesterday than when he was, where he was on Thursday. And I, I think probably, probably know a lot more today when we get on the football field. This one's going to be a little bit of a journey, so bear with me. Okay. Uh, Nebraska fired Scott Frost over the weekend, as I'm sure you saw. It seems to be part of at least a growing or maybe persistent trend in college sports of firing a coach. At least in part, it seems to get ahead of the, the hiring cycle. Right. The, the Big 12 saw it last year at Tech, TCU. I'm curious what your thoughts are, the impacts of that for both the industry of college football and your profession of uh, college co coaching. Well, we've already talked about my thoughts on the uh, the uh, thoughts of college coaching. It's crazy, you know. I, I it it's it is, and it is what it is, right? I, I I think I could probably get into this deep at some point, and and now maybe not the time. But you know, I, I just think what's unfortunate is, you know, again, what is it about? It, it, it's still about eighteen to twenty-two year old young people, and it's about serving, caring, loving, guiding young people through this journey now it so happens that man it's watched and and a lot of people want to see your team win and all those things happen and people are getting paid a lot of money I get all those things but I think one thing that we have lost our way is with the impact that it still has on 18 to 22 year olds and you know whether that's the coaches have lost their way on the impact that they have on 18 to 22 year olds our industry has you know I think getting those things back in the box and still providing platforms, environments, and cultures that allow young people to grow, that's really got to be our job and responsibility, whether it's a, it's an athletic department problem, whether it's a head coach problem. Um, I, th I still think right now what's going on is creates a great challenge. When you talk about that, I'm curious when you talk with your peers, when you talk about schools doing that, is, does it potentially have a backfiring effect that when you guys see that, that they're firing a coach and week three that to get out in front of a coaching cycle that that might turn people off that they're potentially pursuing yeah you know I, I think those are things that I'll be honest with you I, I don't even pay attention to or even haven't even thought about that you know I, I think it, it's more from our standpoint of you know so focused on what I just talked about creating a culture where your kids the environment the coaches are aligned to serving the mission of the players and and so you know I think that's always been the focus of any conversation I ever have about man coaching in general so great question in 2015 you're coming at this game from a different angle on Saturday in 2015 you're at Toledo you beat Arkansas ranked Arkansas what was it like for you guys in practice at Toledo the week before the Arkansas game and you know can you compare that to what Ohio is going through this week yeah, you know, I, I think, um, well, I was really upset when I was at Toledo in 2015 because our first game, Randy, gets rained out, and I had to sit in a locker room until 1 o'clock in the morning before they finally canceled the game, so I was hot. Um, so I, I wasn't real happy going into Arkansas week, if, if, I can, if I can remember back to it, because, you know, game one got canceled. Um, 
you know, it, all I would say is that conference, you know, the Mid-American Conference, the tradition of that conference, you, you look at it from top to bottom and then you talk about the teams like the Toledo's of the world, the Ohio universities of the world, the Miami of Ohio's, the, the Bowling Greens, those, those four especially where they have traditionally just been phenomenal. And, you know, you, you talk about a place where Coach Solich was this legendary head football coach and probably was just this incredible mentor to so many of us young coaches at the time. I'll be really honest with you. Um, I think a lot of people aspired to be him because of how he carried himself. And now you watch, man, he hands over the reins of Coach Alvin. This team believes has played great football um, really early in the football season. And so I think you look forward to these opportunities because you get to measure your, yourself, where you are, where your growth is, and knowing that everything you're doing, you have the opportunity to compete in these environments in these stages. It's awesome. And, you know, their kids believe. I mean, boy, oh, boy, you're, you're talking about what I would say is one of the better you know, the better Mid-American Conference teams I've seen over the last couple of years. Great quarterback, great skill players, really aggressive on the defensive side of the football. Um, and, and what you'll see is a confident football team that's built to win and beat anybody, no matter what conference or where they're at. And that's college football. I think we saw it last weekend. Anybody can beat anybody any given Saturday. I think you, you you look at this and, you know, who are we to talk? You know, we I mean, boy, every game we played here has been been right at the right at the line. I don't think we think we're anybody else other than Iowa State and it really continues to be about Iowa State for us. So thank you guys. One more one more thing from me, Tom. Fans are, are always quick to criticize the offensive coordinator. I'm assuming that fans were also quick to say good job and emails to you or anything like that or no. Uh, Randy, I mean, I, mean I, I understand the position that I have, and uh, that's just that's just the way it is. You know, it's uh, it's that's how it's always been, um, and uh, you know, so it, you know, it is what it is, man. And and uh, I try not to pay much attention to it, good or bad. You know, I think that my job is to do the best that I can and the best that we can, and collectively as a staff to to try to put our kids in the best position for them to, to feel confident and to, to be successful. So, I mean, the rest of that is, you know, I understand there's passionate people and passionate about, you know, our, our football team and that's awesome, but I don't, I, I can honestly tell you, I just, I don't pay much yeah. attention to All it. All right, Tom. Well, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So next to uh, Andrew Harrington. Uh, it seems like we talk about Xavier Hutchinson every week, but what does it say about him that he was able to get open against such an elite defense like I was? Yeah, I mean, I think Xavier's an, he's an elite football player and uh, he's an elite human. He practices like a professional. Um, he goes about his business like a professional and he's an incredible young man. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not surprised. Uh, that he had a great day uh, because I think that's the he's a guy that's motivated to to be a great player and he has all the habits um, that would and also talent and ability but he has the habits that will allow him to hopefully continue to play really good football the rest of the way because of the way that he uh, approaches everything he does in terms of what it takes to be a, a good football player and a good player at his position. Randy, I think you're still muted. All right. I'm new at this. Um, 
John, you guys, you moved Will McDonald inside at at times against against Iowa. I don't know how many times, but um, what was the the thought process there, and how often have you done that? Well, we hadn't done it. Um, you know, just trying to, you know, everybody knows where he's at, and trying to just keep moving him around. So, um, you know, just trying to keep him to be a moving target, and still, you know, uh, do what we do. What do you see there that 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 anything trigger it or, or? Uh, no, I mean, just again, I, I think the biggest thing is what everybody else sees there, you know, and that's, you know, I think that's where we just kind of have to continue to find spots that he can help us and, and um, you know, just continue to just to move him around. He, he's everybody's knows where he is. Everybody's, you know, protections are based on him and we just got to try to do a good job to to help him out, which in turn then helps everybody else out. What do you want to see? Um, what more do you want to see from your defense before you start the Big 12? Oh, Randy, I, I think in that game, you know, the other day, I was really proud mentally uh, of our guys. Our guys were were mentally tough in that game. There were some adverse situations that, um, you know, we got into. And I just thought um, for a group of young people uh, new to that game, I think we only had, you know, I think Gary Vaughn may have been the only guy that had been and played over there. Uh, I just thought they were mentally tough. Um, I, I think the integrity of our defense at times was not very good. Uh, we were not uh, fundamentally correct in some stuff that we did. Um, and again, I, I think those things have to improve every single week because everything that is on film, the next group sees. So we've got some integrity issues on our, you know, of the defense. And what I mean by that is gap control, um, eyes in the right place, covering the right people, uh, you know, doing those things. And, and that's defensive integrity. And that's an area we have to get better at. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir.